And we to missed you. my left, we have a special guest. Hey guys, it's Ray. I'm interrupting real quick because I messed up that intro. I did not have the fader engaged the way I thought I did, so I stomped all over Jed and Daniel's introductions. I will get it better next time. But without further ado, back to the regular program. We do. We sure do. Hi guys, it's Elena Carlton. Well, Hi, hello, Elena. Elena. Hello. Hi. Thank you. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we switched spots. Yeah. Oh, hey. I booted him to the blue chair. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on the couch no more. <laughs> my name is Derek. What's up, Derek? <laughs> Directly across from me. Yep. All right. All right. And to my left. It's still, and I'm in the same spot as yep. always, mm-hmm. to Derek's left, where I should be, I guess. <laughs> um, we had an extra button. I pushed that one already tonight, so yeah. we're good. And uh, this is Ray, taking care of uh, doing my thing. And to my left, I have... I'm Randy. Oh, Hi, Randy. I'm, Randy. I'm still over here in the corner. They won't let me out of it. <laughs> Holding down the corner, Randy. Yeah, yeah. And then Ray's got a special announcement. That's right. <laughs> I was waiting for you. Right. And uh, everybody out there listening, please like and subscribe. Share the podcast with your friends. Just click that little button, hit share. Doesn't matter where it goes. Just send it on out there. Um, send us questions if you have some. You can post them on social media. You can send them at Ray at Spiritual Debriefing or contact at Spiritual Debriefing. Um, and or, you know, just reach out to us anyway. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here and listening to us now and in, in the future, too. That's not what I meant. I was going to do all that. You was going to say oh, something else. I was going to say something else. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Take Randy. My I messed job, that up. Man. Take my job. Ruined it. Ruined it. You got, you got a better behind the microphone voice than i do yeah <laughs> i've been hearing it for years so i'm finally behind the microphones because so. he pushed the buttons to make mm-hmm. his sound like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then do yours right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. i just turned down the wimpy on on mine and turned <laughs> up the wimpy on his. that's a dial on the board i think you guys know there's wimpy on there <laughs> i got it all the time guys <laughs> hmm. oh Good well stuff. yep yeah we have a special guest. We do. Special. Aw, I feel so special. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. That's what we heard. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in me is special. It all comes from God, right? Nothing about me is special. Yeah. Good answer. Five yeah. points. So, uh, <laughs> so we were talking, and Elena wanted to share kind of her testimony on growing up in a cult and wanted to share that on the podcast. and. Like we said before, this podcast is open to anybody or what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, come on with it. Yeah, so. um, God has done a number on me, and my testimony has to give all him all the glory. But basically, I don't know if I'm supposed to jump in yeah, already. No, yeah, like, yeah, just do like a little background on you. Where yeah. you're- I mean, I was raised primarily in northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, but I grew up a few years in Little Rock I was born in New Mexico which Derek likes to give me yeah. a hard time for because it's better than Arizona <laughs> I know nah, yeah. I mean there ain't much in Albuquerque so, so and that's then, the problem and then, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh I graduated from Farmington High School and then there's I, another problem I know I know don't wait until she gets to college me. it's at <laughs> and then I went to the University of Arkansas uh, the real U of A I'll <laughs> mute her microphone Randy okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna step out now <laughs> Why is that a problem? Where did you go to school? I didn't. Okay. But if you had a choice. But if you had a choice, 
He would have gone to Alabama fan. No. Oh, you. Oh, okay. My dad went to OSU, so I won't hold it against you. <laughs> now, I'm starting to like her better. <laughs> I'm glad you're on that couch over there. I know, she right? got the right couch. Yeah. And then I've been. I'll stick with a Hawaiian cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Hawaiian cowboy. I've been bouncing around different careers for the last 25 years. It's hard to say that 25 years. But um, yeah. And then recently in August, I met Derek. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel really bad for him because I just kind of unloaded <laughs> my entire life story on him like day two in the office because we were stuck there and it was just the two of us. And I was like, might as well get to know each other. Not a lot else going on right Did now. Did you know? <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> but it was just like one of those things where he was telling me his story. I'll tell him way more of my story. So. Mm-hmm. But I am an open book. I have always lived my life out loud and my poor husband i'll pray for him because he doesn't always like that i live my life out loud but so he's not going to listen to this then no he's gonna listen he's a good dude man he'll be sharing he's, he's awesome. all over the place yeah, yeah. he plays oh, he, he plays in a band hi jimmy sean i love you yeah um, what band is he playing repo trailers yeah, is a see? 90s country band mm-hmm. that he's in perfect okay. yeah they're gonna be at the casino friday night yeah so yeah. we can't go no I don't we're, not, we're not allowed i don't right? like to go to that one either too so much smoke. Got trailers for sale <laughs> yeah <laughs> then how many kids do you have oh i have well we have his mine and ours so we have three mm-hmm. um he has a daughter who's 29 from a previous marriage i have brady who is a big part of my testimony he's 19 he's at arkansas tech and then we have aubrey together and she is 14 and she's a freshman at Gravit. So, yeah, she plays basketball and softball. So, and she loves Jesus a lot. She's my good good girl. Yeah. But my story started back when my parents divorced. Um, I was about six years old. I've heard both their sides of the story and I still don't know to this day what the real story is. Only God knows. But one of the main catalysts was that my mom had joined this church i put that in quotations you can't see that but um it's called the worldwide church of god and that was my first introduction to who god is um a lot of people don't know about the worldwide church of god and it actually took a turn and split into more evangelical religion in 94 but for this for the purpose of this story of my life story we'll just refer to it as the old way but um they practiced armstrongism which was (laughs) created by their leader, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong. And he kind of blended Christian fundamentalism with non-belief in the Trinity and some tenets of Judaism and the Seventh-day Adventist doctrine. He mixed all that up with some car salesman juju (laughs) and threw it out, and it was the most legalistic religion you could ever find, I'm convinced. Mm -hmm. Maybe... Don't forget the 20 to 30% tithing. I saw that oh, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. 30, 30% tithe. So on t- top of your offerings. Uh, yeah. So 10% went to the church, which was basically the paycheck for the pastor and elders. The second 10% went to Feast of Tabernacles because we celebrated every single holy day in the Old Testament, but not with the Jewish names, with the English names. Hmm. So Feast of Tabernacles, Days of Atonement, Days of Unleavened Bread. Um, we did sundown Friday to sundown Sunday. We did not do a thing that did not, that involved the world. We were anti-worldly, right? I, I grew up very, um, 
secluded, I guess, sheltered. Uh, we weren't allowed to listen to any kind of uh, rock and roll or country music or any kind of mainstream music. We had to listen to, get this, 1950s oldies. Remember when we called them oldies, it was 50s. <laughs> and then... She looked at me on yeah. that. No, I was the youngest one in here. Do you remember? I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, you're Well, I'm right. just looking at you because you're to my right, sorry. And then... Um, we listened to classical music like Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, which was good for me because I played piano and that was cool. But we didn't do anything from sundown Friday to sundown su- Sunday because it was against the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath was like ingrained into me from six years old until I was 14. And that's when I got out. But I, that's part of my story. But we did not celebrate any um, pagan holidays. So no Christmas, no 4th of July. No, no, oh, we did 4th of July. We did patriotic days. So 4th of July and Thanksgiving were okay, but nothing else. No Valentine's, no Easter. And as a kid, I had to go to public school because we lived too far away from the church's private school. And my mom didn't want to drive me there and couldn't with her work. So I would go to the library every holiday. I would be shunned, basically, the weird girl that couldn't stay in the room. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the library and I would read. But looking back on that, I can praise God because it made me smarter, right? I was reading all the time in the library. Um, it made me sensitive to kids nowadays who are treated differently, too. Like, I see where God worked every little thing out for my good. But um, so we didn't celebrate anything. I couldn't have sleepovers. I couldn't go to sleepovers unless it was church kids. So like friends would invite me to birthday parties. We did not celebrate our birthdays. We celebrated um, the person who gave birth to us a little bit, but birthdays were pagan. They were selfish. So we weren't allowed to celebrate birthdays. When I went to my dad's, like I still had visitation, you know, I'd go to my dad's and he lived in Farmington and my mom lived in Little Rock. So we'd meet in Clarksville and when I'd go to my dad's, I'd celebrate those things, but I learned very early on not to bring my gifts back to my mom's because I can, I have a very vivid memory of her burning my Walkman in the burn barrel in the backyard because it was um, a gift from a pagan, you know, holiday. And so that broke my heart to watch my Walkman like burn into a burn barrel and a couple other things that I well, had. remember what those are. Daniel doesn't. No, I do. I do. So I do. for all of you listening, that was what we used to pop cassette tapes in. Yeah. That's what they held MP3s on before, right? No. <laughs> no, you strapped this big thing to Let your me arm. Guess. Let me guess. Raise the youngest in here. No, actually. No. actually no. You are. I'm oh the gosh. second oldest in That's here, funny. actually. I was just making a joke. Wow. <laughs> so where was I? So we would, so I struggled my whole entire childhood of being outcast being made fun of on top of already what was weird about me um as a kid but this was like the one thing that just drove me to the brink of insanity almost as a kid and I was raised where I had two different homes right like one was so strict and so legalistic and so just ram it down my throat and the other house was so laissez-faire and laid back and we don't have a bunch of consequences and whatever you want to do babe you know like this and my dad just knew I was a rule follower from my mom's house so they didn't really give me a whole bunch of rules they already knew that that was ingrained in me to be such a rule follower but um when I was 14 my mom well I can't prove it but we're pretty sure my mother burned our house down and she was um going through her second divorce with my stepfather and my dad had finally gotten uh, us into court and got custody of us because they proved that this religion was basically a way for my mom to mentally and emotionally abuse us. She hid behind that. And so the court gave custody to my dad. So I went from super legalistic household where you have to follow all these rules, 
one thing about my mom's house was that um, if I sinned, which was every day, um, she would take the door off of my room. And I, would, I never understood that. And she would say, well, it's because um, everyone can see your sin, right? You don't have any privacy. You can't get away with your sin in there. I'm like, okay. For some reason, that really hit, uh, made an impression in my life, and that comes in later. Um, so I went to go live with my dad after my mom went through her situation. She was never convicted of this fire. We just kind of know in our knower what had happened, and my stepdad left, and my dad got custody of us, so we moved to Farmington. And when I did, I was in—I was halfway through the eighth grade, and I went to a brand new school again. I'd been to like four other schools before this, and I was like, "Oh, great! Here we go! I have to get to know a whole new group of people." One of the good things that came from Feast of Tabernacles and these holy days that we celebrated when I was a kid was that we were forced as kids to go up to other people and introduce ourselves. We were—we were like, "Hi, my name is Elena." where are you from? You know, we'd shake their hands and we'd talk. We were forced to do this. Like this was like an exercise we had to do, but it got me to not be shy. Right. God used it for good. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I moved to Farmington, I was a little nervous because these are all worldly kids. They don't know me. I don't know them, but I was like, I can just create a new persona, right? I can just be someone new. So I did that. I just didn't even tell anyone that I was in this weird cult and that I didn't get to celebrate anything. And But the, I was outed pretty quickly because I didn't know any of the words to any of the pop songs that they were all singing. <laughs> Fact, funny story, I thought Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like a Lady was saying, Dude Looks Like Elena. <laughs> uh, that's kind of narcissistical, Elena. Why are you thinking he's thinking about you? But anyway, that's a funny, funny thing my husband likes to give me crap about or stuff about all the time. <laughs> yes! Sorry. Well, so sorry. It's all right. I used so, to think it was Big Old Jed had an airliner, so I yeah. thought we'd all... I mean, <laughs> Big Old Jed airliner. I was like, oh, all right. Whoever this Jed guy is. That's anyway. awesome. <laughs> Misheard song lyrics. So, um, you know, I, I got teased a lot in 8th, ninth, 10th grade, more than most kids do, I feel like. It was just constant bullying, constant teasing, and I was so used to that, like just constant rising constant put downs and so I began to think that my value came from what people thought of me you know I was like oh well if I'm not valuable here then uh I'm not valuable and um then I graduated from high school and about two days after graduation I realized none of that matters it's so wonderful um nothing from high school mattered anymore I had a good job and I went and I was going to the University of Arkansas so I was so excited to you know, learn on purpose, like I say, for college, you know, you want to learn on purpose. Um, I took my time going through college. Um, I took the long route, but um, about midway through my junior year, I had sworn off boys because I had put too much value in what boys thought of me in college. And I, I started getting attention. I didn't have any of that intention in high school. And when I went to college, I started getting the wrong kind of attention from young men. And I thought that's where my value comes from. So I kind of um, went down that road of sinful nature. And all this time I knew prayer worked, okay? So like I was in a church, you know, a cult that ingrained religion into you. There was no grace, absolutely no grace in the Armstrongism, Worldwide Church of God. Then when I moved to my parents' house, 14 through 20 I there was we didn't go to church it was organized organized religion is bad because look what it look what it did 
to our family and look what it did to you. And it was, if you want to go to church with your friends, that's fine. You can go. So I went a couple of times and I went on a youth group trip with some people, but I didn't really know much. You know, I, I heard the altar calls and I didn't really get it. And I was like, what is this? And then, um, in college, I decided to explore, um, what is an agnostic? What is an atheist? You know, I tried, I took a lot of philosophy stuff cause I was an arts major and I went down that road and I dated someone who was an agnostic person. And I just kind of was like, is this who I am? But all the while I was a closet Christian cause I was praying like the whole time I was still mm-hmm. praying. I knew prayer worked. That is the one thing my mom did teach me that, that I'm thankful for is that prayer worked. Like she showed me how, um, God cares about what we care about and God, is holy so I was afraid of God from a very young age but I also knew he listened to prayer so I was kind of a closet Christian through college I was kind of going through the motions of outwardly I was like I don't believe in God or I don't know if I believe in God and I was just kind of playing dumb but in my room in the quiet I was praying and asking God to help me and um so I had come to the almost end of my junior year and I had sworn off um, guys and everything else. I was focused on graduating and uh, had a friend who told me about this guy that was coming into the U of A and could I introduce him to some people? And so I did. And um, we, we were hanging out as friends and then um, one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, uh, we're kind of dating, but not really, but you know, we do some things that you probably shouldn't do with someone that you're not really in a serious relationship with. And then, um, we kind of broke it off, said, let's just be friends. And about three months later I was at bikes, blues and barbecue and I had just gotten so sick and I was like, what is wrong with me? And, um, I found out I was pregnant and, uh, I used three forms of birth control. I did everything responsible, tried so hard to not be irresponsible and, was really trying to get my life back on track and not be that girl from college. And God was like, Hey, here's a baby. And my son already knows this, uh, but he had a 0.001 chance of being here. So I know God used him for, to help me. Mm -hmm. And he has a purpose in his life. Um, but what you need to know about that is that I didn't know until I was 12 weeks along And, um, I had so many people telling me, well, you are almost done with college. Like you're about to graduate. You got to take care of this. And I was like, I am not taking care of this. Like I'm going to take care of my child. I'm not going to go do the thing that all my friends wanted me to do. And my stepmother was never able to have children. And I knew I could never look at her in the eyes and go, I got rid of a baby that God gave me because that would break her, you know, and I could never do it. And I knew God was real like I knew he was in my life and I knew that he was going to help me through this but I didn't know how big it was going to be um I told my son's father hey I'm pregnant and he was like okay well maybe this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to be together and I was like okay so we tried to make it work we uh, went through the holidays and that was really hard introducing a guy to my dad after I was already pregnant with his baby talk about hard that was really (laughs) hard my parents knew I was pregnant before (laughs) I did though they were like, yeah, we already knew you were pregnant. I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me? You know, thanks a lot. I, that would I, that would have been a good heads up. But um, yeah. yeah, so I was about three months. I tried to tell them. I met I met my son's father's family. They're all wonderful people. I, I still love them and respect them to this day. 
we tried to make it work, but we realized pretty soon it wasn't going to. And then he decided to leave. Um, I was about five months long. This was a New Year's Eve. And I have forgiven him for all these things. So I have no hard feelings towards my son's father. This is just part of the story. At the time, I was crushed. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm a single mom. I don't know if he wants to be in the baby's life. I don't know if he's going to be in my life. I don't know what kind of role he's going to play. Are you going to help? financially or you want to be on the birth certificate I mean I knew nothing and I think he was scared and he ran away he went back to his hometown and didn't talk to me until Mother's Day (laughs) so Mm. from January to May I I was on my own basically I was living with my parents again so that I mean that was helpful my parents were huge through this my dad and my stepmom and um, I was like okay, I got to buckle down. I got to save all my money. I got to just get done with school, right? That was my focus, get done to school because I might not have help. I might not have financial help. So I'm just going to like really, when I put my mind to something, I do it. I mean, I just buckled in and I was like, here we go. I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm just, Even if I have to do it on my own, I'm going to be the best mom ever. So then um, one day in like, I just found out I was having a boy. And one day in March, I decided I'm going to go to the movies because I am feeling... I'm, I was feeling sorry for myself. I had been eating so well when I was pregnant. And women, you can attest to this. You're trying to do really well. And you have those one days where you just want to junk out. Like, we, I just <laughs> wanted to go eat junk food and watch a movie and turn my brain off. Because I had just gotten done my fi- uh, midterms. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the movies. I wanted to see Hidalgo. You know this movie? <laughs> the horse racing movie yeah, with yeah, Viggo yeah, Mortensen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Well, I thought Vigo Mortensen was cute. So I was like, I'm going to go veg out at the movies. <laughs> it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, right? It was not the regular nighttime movie or day, morning movie. It was a afternoon movie. I, my classes were over. I, I had nothing else to do. And I was off work that day. So I went to the movies and I got big junk food and I had my ticket. I was so excited. I went in the movie theater. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the credits to get done and the movie to start. I look around and I'm like, I'm the only person in here. There is literally no one else in this theater. Well, duh, Lane, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody goes to the movies during this time except for losers. So, <laughs> um, I. So don't go at four. No, don't yeah. Four. <laughs> so I was like, the movie starts and there's subtitles. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's an international horse racing movie. No big deal. Then I realized, wait, this sounds familiar to me. And I'm reading the words and they're in Hebrew or Aramaic. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I realize it's Jesus talking in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm like, what is this? So I look at my ticket. It says Hidalgo. I go outside the theater. I look at the little banner, you know, at the top. I'm like, okay, that says Hidalgo. This says I'm right. In, I'm in the right theater. I just go back in the movie theater because I was too embarrassed to, like, go figure out what was wrong. So I was like, fine, I'll just stay here and watch whatever this is. And I sat through that entire movie, and it was The Passion of the Christ. Mm. And God knew right then and there that that was going to speak my language that I needed to hear because I had been taught the Bible so wrong and then I had walked away from even trying to learn the Bible and went into my school and atheism and agnostic and philosophy and he was like here Elaine I'm going to put this in a package that you'll understand and the gospel was played out for me on a movie screen with just me and my son in my belly and the son of God And that was really powerful too because as a woman when you're pregnant if you're alone it's it's just so hard and i was like i'm not alone like i have jesus like he's here with me he's always been with me but today i see it for what it really was and so i remember finishing the movie and being wrecked and i sat in my car for about three hours and i confessed 
every possible scent I could think of because I thought that's what I had to do. Like I thought I had to like list them all out. And I was just talking to God like he was sitting in the car seat with me, you know, mm. and and the windows were all foggy because I think it was cold outside and um, I was crying and blubbering. And I just remember the parking lot was empty. There was no one around. And I drove home after I quit crying so much. And from that point on, I was like, OK, I got to do this the right way. I got to do my life God's way. And I, and I dedicated my unborn son to Christ. I was like. I can't do this by myself and I don't know what the future looks like, but I know that, you know, and, um, I know you're going to carry me through that. And so I stumbled around trying to read the Bible on my own and trying to understand things, but still not going to church. Cause I didn't really know I needed to go to church at the time. And then I read Acts two forty two, and it really hit me that, Oh, I need to be with people who are like me. So, um, after my husband and I got married, I met my husband after Brady was about six months old and we dated for about three years and I met my husband and we got married and then going to church was really important to me. And I started going to, a, I got invited to a mothers of preschoolers program over here at what used to be Bella Vista Christian church. Mm-hmm. And, um, they invited me to come to church with them like regular church. And so I did. And then I joined a life group and pastor Ron Carter had a life group and the church just did a, the story of the Bible. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's called the story and it's basically a novel version of the Bible and it helps you understand in chronological order about the difference between the upper story and the lower story. And this is when my walk in faith kind of came together and I was like, Oh, now it makes sense. Like all that old Testament stuff that I was taught as a kid isn't bad. Mm -hmm. It was just misconstrued. And God has been with me this whole time because he was playing out my upper story. He was showing me and he was working everything out for my good, even though I was sinning and messing up and denying him out loud and praying to him in private. I don't know which is worse, like being a hypocrite or like <laughs> being saying I'm, I don't believe in the not really not believing. I don't know which is worse, but, um, I started going to that church and my husband and I were unequally yoked. I mean, he, he grew up in church, but he just wasn't following the Lord at that time. And I was going by myself and it was just me and my two kids. And I went to church every single Sunday. I got really involved. I tried to do ministry. I did children's church. I mean, I went all in and about a year after I'd gone all in and learned the Bible, like read it from Genesis to Revelation and I really understood it for the first time you know I had my aha moments with God just me and him and I could see what God was trying to do with my life and why he brought me through all the things that he did and so I decided I need to be baptized like right away I was like I have to be baptized and I didn't for some reason I didn't want to be baptized at my church I went and got baptized at my parent at my in-laws church in Springdale that was the pastor that married us and I just felt like he was the best one to baptize me I don't know why I can't remember (laughs) but so I got baptized and I remember when I was being baptized (laughs) Satan does not fight fair Uh, my son was choking on a peppermint at the moment I was going into the baptistry Mm -hmm. and I could see him over there and they were trying to do the homework on him and I could tell he needed me and I was like I I need to go help him but I got to do this and I was so torn. I was so scared. I was like, wow. I was like, get behind me, Satan. Like, that's what I said really loud. And the pastor goes, what? Like, he was getting ready to dunk me under, like getting ready to ask me my questions. 
And he was like telling people about my profession of faith. And I was yelling, get behind me, Satan, like from the baptistry. <laughs> and so finally my sister-in-law and my father-in-law were over there and they were helping Brady not choke on the peppermint, like get it out, dislodge. And he was okay. And I just kind of knew he was going to be okay. I was like, okay, God, you're going to have to take care of him because I got to do this. You know, just one of those, this is my profession of faith and nothing's going to stop me. And from that moment on, like, nothing has ever stopped me from talking about how amazing God is and how real he is and what he can do in someone's life. Because if he can bring me from the brink of confusion and being taught the Bible all the wrong way, I mean, you name a verse, it was misconstrued. It was taught in the most hateful, legalistic, no grace. You're going to burn in hell every day of your life if you don't choose this church when you're 18. I mean, I was read stories from Revelation as bedtime stories. And I was terrified as a child. Like, I grew up so scared and so confused. And then there were so many lies. I never knew what was real. And that created in me, I'm a rule follower to a T. And then I also fight with myself about grace all the time. I'm always like, oh, but grace matters so much, Elena. Like, you know, I, I'm in constant battle about rules and grace. But you know, right we now, know she's a rule follower at work. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're um, like, hey, just do this real quick. No. No, nope, <laughs> not going to do it that way. Got to follow the rules. And it makes sense because, I mean, I've been in banking, which is highly regulated. I worked for attorneys. That is that is the law. Then I worked in a school, highly regulated, highly, <laughs> very structured. Now I'm in insurance. Yay. <laughs> More regulations and structure. Very serious. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Corey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it all just made sense that that's who I am. But, but you know, raising my own children... I knew it was going to be so important to teach them about Christ in the right way. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to get my answers and my Bible from any other outside source. It could not come from a path. I wasn't going to say, this is what the pastor says. I was going mm -hmm. straight to the word. I was going to eat it up and I was going to digest it and understand it. And then I was going to give it to my children like a mama bird, right? <laughs> Chew up the worm and spit it down in their throats, <laughs> but not shove it, right? Just lovingly feed them the word of God. And so my whole, my whole process was I'm going to make word pictures. I'm going to make God real to them. I'm going to bring him down here and show him it's not coincidence. It's not fate or whatever. It's God. Like it is God and mm -hmm. he's working everything out and he doesn't waste anything that happens in your life. And even your sin that might show on the outside of your belly, because the sin, the whole world could see my sin as a child when the door was off. And then I got pregnant and I was unwed and I had to be showing my sin off to the whole world. And that was hard, you I know. Imagine. And so um, God was always there from every moment of my life. I know that I was preordained to follow him. Like, I know that. I know he took me through all of those things to teach me to be to see the less the least of these to have a heart for kids who are not the same as everyone else to have a heart for people who have been shunned or kicked out of their church or hurt by their church um and i know that he's given me a heart for teaching and helping kids understand the word of god like helping them really grasp um what it means and not just Bible stories, but like the upper story and that lower story and how they meet up and how nothing in your life is by accident. Nothing is by coincidence, but, um, yeah, discipleship is really big for me. And 
I haven't found a church where it's like super important yet. And so we've been visiting Hawassi Baptist Church and just Monday night uh, we were sitting in there and um, sweet Kelly brings oh, out yeah. all these books mm, about awesome. discipleship. Yep. Mm. And I was like, what? We're literally going <laughs> to yeah. talk about discipleship. Yep. And so, I mean, that was one of my God aha moments, but I still submit to my husband when it comes to deciding what church we're going to join. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's my story. I mean, that's my testimony. And I know that he's not done. He's not finished with me yet. Mm-hmm. That I'm a work in progress. But I know nothing can separate me from God, no matter what. And I know no one can ever convince me that there wasn't God because I already tried that. I already tried to figure <laughs> out if there wasn't God. And um, I, I'm really passionate about proving that there is a God all the time. I love to argue with college kids about that. But No endless supply there. No, right? <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I know. I told Corey, I was like, I really want to go evangelize with you. Like, let's go down there. Yeah. I'm ready, but, um, cause you felt that without God, that yeah. loneliness. Oh gosh. I mean, you didn't so scared, depressed, lonely. Everything. Oh yeah. I mean, I tried to take my own life at 13. I remember I was having to go back to my mom's for visitation. I did not want to go back to my mom's house. I didn't want to go back to that place. And I remember sitting on the side of the freeway and, uh, when we met in Clarksville that I was on I 40, and I remember getting out of the car, walking across the highway. I had been teased and beat down, and I was just seeing no hope. I was like, I'm never going to get out of this situation. I'm never going to get free of this church and this legalism, and I'm never going to be good enough. And I just stood there, and I looked at a semi coming right at me about a mile away. And I was like, I'm just going to stand here, and God's going to have to do what God's going to do. And I remember looking back at the car and my little brother, I have a little brother, he's three years younger than me. I mean, he's a grown man now, I can't call him little brother. But um, I looked back at my little brother and I looked in his eyes and I was like, I can't leave him alone. Like, I can't leave him to deal with this by himself. I, I have to be the scapegoat. Like, I have to be the whipping post. And I always had been. My mom was later diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder and that explained a lot too. like he was the golden child and I was the scapegoat and I always got the brunt of all of the things and had to carry the load and I knew I could not leave him behind and so I just safety rolled into the grass and did not end my life at 13 years old and I'm I know God was there with me for that too he's the one that turned my head and right. made me think you about said something. do what you're gonna do and he did <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah none of that was by accident and up until mm-hmm. about two years ago, I couldn't even hardly go through Clarksville in that little area without my body remembering, you know, cause yeah. whether you know this or not, your body stores up that trauma from your childhood and you could have physical reactions to something you might not mm-hmm. even remember completely. And so I would have like almost a panic attack, not a panic attack, but I would just be like really panicky and I would just get real um, teary eyed and I would have a lump in my throat and I was like I got to get out of here I got to drive past this spot so fast or not look and a couple of years ago my brother and I during the pandemic we we took a road trip and we went and faced all of those places where we were broken hearted mm. we went to the old Teamsters Union where my church met that cult met and we looked at it and it was all boarded up and weeds everywhere and we threw rocks at it and we cussed at it and we said <laughs> I'm so glad you're not part of my life anymore and we just kind of healed we did a healing journey mm-hmm. And we went back to the place where we used to live, you know, and we talked about our childhood and all this stuff. And then after I did that, like, I haven't had any issues since then. I just kind of prayed and was like, God, I'm done 
reminiscing on this. The only time I'm going to talk about my past is to give you glory and to share my testimony and help other people know that you, you really do love us. So, but that church was wild, y'all. Just wild. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. And it was like the best kept secret. Nobody knew about it. That's what I was like. But it was yeah. worldwide. I didn't it know about worldwide. it either. There were churches all over the yeah. United States and I, other countries. There still are, actually. I was yeah. going to say, I feel like I've heard about that church, but I've never really looked into it. Like, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. When it when it I, split in 94, like, the ones that split off were the ones that wanted to keep the crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. Keep mm-hmm. the crazy yeah. doctrine that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And the ones who stayed Worldwide Church of God became more evangelical, like Baptist yeah, almost. Yeah. They've actually, I heard, I was reading and did some research on it. They completely renounced all their old mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically it was, it was the, the guy who took over and then his son took over after him and they mm-hmm. just slowly kept have been yeah. working yeah. it away. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're perfect now. I was kind of reading through some no, of the stuff. there's a lot of remnant. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some. Bad I mean, remnant. They've gotten rid of most, most of the bad stuff. There's still just a lot of compromising is what I saw yeah. in some of the stuff, but still. And there was no grand gesture of apology to the children that grew up in this church because right. a lot of kids my age are no longer with us because right. they did not, there was so much suicide in this church, y'all, when they got to 2025. 20, and they saw no hope because in their in their ways of indoctrinating us we had to choose worldwide church of god at 18 because we were children in it and we weren't called to it Mm. our parents were invited in or called to it and so at 18 we had to make our decision kind of like the amish you know how they like let their kids Mm. out and you go experience the world then you come back and you and you decide well we weren't encouraged to go out into the world of course we were hey no stay away from the world um, and that was so misconstrued about worldliness and, and mm. godliness was so misconstrued because I had to unlearn a lot of that stuff. But now I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, man, there was a lot of worldliness that we are supposed to stay away from, mm-hmm. but it wasn't to shun them or to say they're evil and bad. It was to say, well, you don't want to live like that anymore. I mean, it was not, it was not like it is in, in our modern day Christianity. I mean, it was like, those are the bad people. Stay away from them. Right. It was not like, don't associate yourself with sinners or go out and talk to the sinners. Like we weren't allowed to go talk to the sinners and help them come to our church. No, it was a secret club and we, no one was getting in without Mm -hmm. God, but their God was their leader. Mm -hmm. Right. And every church had their own God, so to speak, their elder pastor, senior pastor, whatever they wanted to call it. And they were the ones, I mean, I remember my dad wanted to come to one of the ser- services and he was in the back and the security guards would not let him in to hear what they were teaching his children. I mean, he was like basically escorted out and threatened that the police would come and get him. Mm. And so it was wow. very secretive and sheltered, but yet it was worldwide. And I never can wrap my brain around this. And there's an actual Facebook group called Survivors of the Worldwide Church of God that I'm a part mm-hmm. of. And we share our stories all the time. And they'll say they'll post things and it triggers memories for me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. Like, we couldn't eat unclean meats. Mm-hmm. No bacon, no sausage, no shrimp. I would get in trouble. Like, if I went to my dad's house for the weekend and I ate some shrimp because I loved it, my brother would come home and he'd be like, oh, Elena ate shrimp. And I'd get spanking and I'd get my door taken off and... It was just it was, a, it was very Old yeah. Testament. You had to follow oh, all yeah. the food all laws. The, yes, you had to all literally of, all of them from what I read. I can remember wow. a time asking I'd my mom about the 
about in Galatians where it says Christ came to fulfill the law. Yeah. Like I remember asking my mom, what about this verse, mom? Why does Galatians not make us not have to eat this meat? Or the, I think it's or Ephesians. The, the story of the, of the blanket coming down and God saying, don't call things. Yeah, yeah. Or when he says you can eat whatever meat. Yeah. Like if somebody yeah. invites mm-hmm. you over, just eat whatever they give yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I, I would point these verses out and she had no answer for them. Right. She she hadn't ever read the Bible, I don't think, on her own. She was just regurgitating what the preachers and elders mm-hmm. were telling her and mm-hmm. what her husband was telling her. Because he was the reason why my mom came into this church, my stepdad. And he went with the old crazy way. Like he stayed with the Philadelphia Church of God is one of the ones that... Yeah, there's a, there's over a hundred yeah. Church of Gods yeah. right now. Yeah, it's weird. They... None of them could get along, so they just all right. made their own. The 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 uh, the big one, though, the, the, I guess the one that's reformed. They now actually call themselves Grace Communion International. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, I didn't even know that. Watch watch out for Grace Communion International. That's what I read today name. too. Yeah. yeah, I read that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they believed that Jesus was like a spokesperson and not necessarily like he was not God. Yeah. He was not. They said God. Jesus was not God. So they take some of Islam. They said that the Holy Spirit wasn't, Holy Spirit's not God and it's not a person either. Yeah, Holy Spirit isn't a person. It's like power or something. Yeah, it was like invisible. And that Mm -hmm. took me a long time to understand Holy Spirit. Like it took me a really long time to figure that puzzle out. And I was, I was almost hesitant, but it was because it was all that ingrained. That programming and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. believe what you can program into kids when they're little. It's messed up. Yep. I'm a teacher. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, you can see it. Have you seen the kids he taught? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was was reading that they were saying that every single, basically anybody who didn't go to one of their churches, they were all with Satan. They were all. Yeah, they were Satan. If you weren't in the church, you were on Satan's side. And And you weren't, there was no hope for you. you. Yeah, no hope for you. Right, but you couldn't get in the church right and we didn't know salvation like we didn't there was no salvation salvation comes when jesus comes back and then i was reading armstrong actually believed that when jesus came back Mm -hmm. you would be born again physically through god and jesus somehow and be in god's family yeah it was so weird they could not explain it yeah i was like that what what if you look at any cult though it's very secretive Mm -hmm. like any cult out there and they can't explain what the doctrine is if you, no, if you no. really look at only it. the it's, couple people at the very very yeah. top yeah, can it's yeah. the, they wrote it it's the ball <laughs> under the cups the ball yeah. is always no, moving yeah, underneath yep. the cups i mean it's a cup trick and i can remember getting in so much trouble questioning my mom and stepdad about their about all the rules and i was like but what about this part about jesus they could never reconcile that with me and that was one of the things i i devoured when i got on my own and read got alone with God and read the Bible. I'm like, I have got to figure out Jesus. I have got to, he's the main, he's the main character. He's the main point. So I've got to figure out him. And if I can figure out him, the rest, he'll just help me heal. And actually I've pushed out a lot of the stuff that I've learned and I've like repressed all of that. So even coming in tonight, I was nervous because I was like, I don't think I can explain this church. So I'm thankful that you did this research because I'm like, I'm going to start babbling because I've pushed down so much of it that I don't yeah. ever want to think about Purposely it again. Purposely forgotten it. Yeah. Yep. No, that's, that makes sense. And there's sense. just been so much truth that, and I'm a truth seeker. Like mm. my biggest pet peeve is lies and I almost can't handle it at all. Like, and I am always about fighting for the underdog and, and exposing truth and making sure people are like, doing what they should do i remember when i left the school um they were having a party for me and one of the teachers stood up and he said i'll tell you something about elena she's always going to do what's right like she's always going to fight for what's right and she's you can always guarantee that 
she's going to do um, what's right for, for everyone or for the good of the group. And I was like, I felt like that was such a compliment to me. Like I felt so honored that he said that. Cause I was like, okay, good. Cause that's God coming through me. Cause he wants us righteous. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that on my own. I fail every, mm-hmm. every day I fail. And so I'm like, okay, well at least my light is showing and, and no one could ever, um, question whether or not I was a Christian when I was at school. I mean, like it was obvious mm-hmm. and that was hard to reconcile too. being in a public, I'm, I'm sure, you know, yeah. being in a public school and having your faith and I related everything to Jesus. So it was so hard to like help these kids with things. I'm like, I can tell you what will really help you, but I can't tell you what will really help you. And because so, I'm regulated by yeah, government. Yeah, so, because i got to follow these rules. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, they'd probably let you talk about the cult all you wanted, though. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could probably talk about all of that. But I also have a huge heart for um, kids who are confused these days. Like, it breaks my heart to see these kids confused, because I remember being a confused kid, not about my gender or my sexuality, but about everything else well i think all kids are confused that's yeah. just natural mm-hmm. state the yeah. problem is is you find something to be confused about because you don't know why you're confused yeah, you like pinpoint right you're, yeah your hormones are going wild you're confused <laughs> about everything and it's yeah. and you'll grab onto whatever you can find to be like this must be it because i feel this way and i found something right it's, yeah. it's that old analogy though that you know causation doesn't make equal or was it uh I can't remember the right word of it, but it's the whole idea of, right, everybody who drowns is wet, but that doesn't mean rain is going to drown you, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I mean, it's you can't just look at correlation does not always mean causation. Yeah, so. correlation doesn't yes. mean, yes. Yes. But through my journey through the Bible and with God, and one verse always kept glaring at me, and I know people have life verses, and mine was always Romans twelve twelve, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And that was like my whole life, right? Mm. Like that, that was my entire life story from the moment I can remember there was tribulation and there was confusion and there was no hope. And, and God says, rejoice in hope. And I was like, how do I rejoice in hope? Where does that come from? And I finally figured it out. My hope comes from Jesus alone, nothing else. But now I can take my story and help people and say, there is hope for you. Like, I don't understand how people that don't, aren't Christians have hope? Like what gives you hope? What, <laughs> where does that come from? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I wasn't Christian for a very long time. And, and, uh, I always believed there was a God, a creator, but I kind of had switched into the whole watchmaker God. Like he started it all up and he's really not paying oh, attention just to me. Letting it go. Yeah. It's just going, yeah. He wants us to be good, but that's, you know, again, I did, I had made my own God in my mind, but mm. I think I, didn't have hope so that's why you see a lot of people who aren't christian who you know drown alcohol Mm -hmm. you know tv drugs Mm -hmm. whatever it is you find something to distract yourself from the fact that there is no future there is nothing coming you you have nothing to work towards other than just the day you know money or monetary stuff or any of that and you know some people will make money their god some people will make success their god some people will make popularity their god i mean they'll find something to turn into their hope if you will yeah but it's all it's all fake it doesn't actually get you anything it doesn't actually support you in any way so yeah that it's it's something i didn't even know you didn't have Mm -hmm. until you find god and jesus and then find that peace and that calmness that comes with it that you know yeah it's going to be okay when i first started reading um and studying in a life group at, at bella vista christian church um 
I had a spiritual mother, which is what we all need, spiritual brothers or spiritual dads or spiritual mothers. In my case, it was a spiritual mother. And my whole life, I had struggled with my value. Where does my value come from? Where do, I don't know. I, I thought it was pleasing my parents. I thought it was following the religious rules. I thought it was being a good girlfriend. I thought it was, you know, being a good mom. I, I really didn't know that until um, I was in this life group about, right before I got baptized, actually. And this woman looked at me. She stared me dead in my eyes, and she goes, what do you think makes you valuable? And I go, I don't really know. I've been trying to figure that out. I know I have purpose. I know I have value, but I don't know where it comes from. And she goes, it comes from only God who made you. And I had the biggest aha moment. I mean, it was just (laughs) like heaven opened in that moment and crowned me with light. And I was like, my value comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from anywhere else. And so then I read John 17 and he's talking in the Garden of Gethsemane, which was profound to me because that's where I first really met Jesus in the movie. And he's talking about how much he loves us, how much God loves us. And I really want to read it because yeah, do. it's so, it's such a big part of my life. And it's why I tell people all the time, well, don't you know where your value comes from? Don't let other people, what other people say about you or other people think about you determine don't let it bother you because if someone had told me at 14 where my value come from, oh my goodness. Yeah. We were just reading in Corinthians where Paul says, I don't even, I'm, it's not even me. It's not even what I think about right. myself, yeah. my own value myself. Yeah. It yeah. all comes from God. He goes, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what I say about me. <laughs> yeah. It's God. So John 17, 23 is the part. I mean, the whole John 17, you need to read it because it's, it's basically Jesus praying to God in the garden before he goes to the cross. And that's profound to me. Um, but he says, Jesus says, I in them and you in me so that they may be come perfectly one or be brought to unity. Well, I don't know why it's an English standard version. I don't usually use that one. <laughs> I'm going to go back to new international version because that's the way I first read it. And that's the way it. We read them all here. I know, but that, that's the one that I had memorized. And then it wasn't, I was like, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me and that right there when when jesus is talking to god and he says the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me and i was like what like god loves me as much as jesus like how is that even possible and so right then that was my second life verse of you are loved and i say that to every single person i can possibly think of mostly kids i'm like you're loved though and they'll look at me like mm-hmm. oh yeah i know you love me miss elena and i'm like no like you are loved by your creator who made you and he and he has a purpose for you and your value is so much that he gave his son you know like your value is wrapped up in what jesus did on that cross for you and nothing can ever erase that Mm -hmm. and that is so profound especially for young ladies um, who try to find their value in other things Mm -hmm. and that is my message to all teenage girls in the world I know this is a men's spiritual debriefing but if you can tell your daughter if you have daughters I know but if you can tell your daughters because we have daughters (laughs) well they have daughters okay well it's important if you have daughters to look them in the eyes and tell them like you you are loved and read that verse to them and tell them where their value comes from. Because if, if my daddy would have told me that 
I mean, I would have made a lot less mistakes, I think, in my life. And I would have not let so many things penetrate my heart. Like, I would not have given a rip about what people thought about me all through high school and college and everything else. So it's but important. You, it all, you also made mention a while ago that I think you had the good char- characteristics of letting people see Jesus through you already before all that happened because you already made mention you was trying to, you know, be good with your parents, mm-hmm. be submissive to your boyfriend or your mm-hmm. husband at the time. That's all in the Bible already. So God yeah. was already working through you yeah. to show that light through already. Yeah. I you just had it. it I had it all wrong, you know? Yes, but the, but I, I think the characteristics, characteristics was already showing through yeah. at that point that people could see it through you. Yeah, and I, and I, and I can't take credit for any of this. I mean, yeah. I would be mm-hmm. nothing without God. I would have yeah. been roadkill without god that day or i would have been on drugs i mean it is a miracle that i did not turn to drugs and alcohol as a teenager that was all god he protected me from all of that i mean maybe he made me a rule follower just to keep me from breaking those rules you know because i can remember my dad and stepmom going can't you just do something to get in trouble like this <laughs> they're like encouraging oh, me like, you're one of those it's kids. okay <laughs> it's okay to go out late and stay past your curfew for like five minutes i i was the kid okay this is back before cell phones right i was the kid that every location i would find a phone and call mm-hmm. my parents and be like okay now we're here and i think we're gonna stay here for about this long and my mom was like it's fine elena you don't have to call me like we know you're okay we know you're gonna drive everyone home if they start drinking you know like I was the mom of all the friend groups and I made sure everybody (laughs) was taken care of and now I still do this at work I I make sure that Derek and Corey are like taken care of you guys had your lunch yet (laughs) you drinking enough water yes I actually do this I was like Corey you haven't Mm -hmm. eaten in two days like can I go get us a sandwich (laughs) yeah do you want coffee yeah are you getting tired you want some coffee okay I'll I'll take care of it so (laughs) when did you leave you left Okay, 94. 94. The actual year of the split is when I left. Okay. I was 14. 14. I was so in the you, you didn't, you didn't you become... You caused the split. Is you caused the split. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually, uh, no, God was taking care of that. So, so you left yeah. at 14. Mm-hmm. You became a Christian in when you 23. were... 23. 23. So almost 10 years, mm-hmm. 9 years yeah. of walking in the middle in what confusion made you, what made you leave though at 14 because that's such a young age to walk away from a cult that you've no, been brought I, up in my dad my dad got custody of us okay so he like went to court proved right. that my mom was mentally unfit to pay, be our parent and told the judge about this awful church uh-huh. that we were in and he got uh, got custody of us so we moved from little rock to farmington right and that's when we went into the laissez-faire household okay. So I went from super rules to no rules. <laughs> Did you ever think back like maybe that was truth at one point through that those nine years? Oh, did I think the cult was true? Yeah. No. So once you once you no, came I up knew. here and you were Oh, I'd already known okay. from like probably age eight that so, it was right. all messed up. It sounded like the Holy Spirit was with you yeah. like that I whole think time. So. Yeah, because I mean, it had it, to be, right? It right? always fascinates me when people walk away from a cult like that and then even, you know, Ray walking away from New Age, which will be yeah, you know, it's interesting whole new. Not not all that different thought. in some ways, I but know, right? <laughs> so it just fascinates me, especially when you're a teenager and you walk away from it. Well, and know. and honestly, I was rescued from it. I right. like to say, my dad and my stepmom. Yeah. I mean, my dad was fighting for years to get custody of me and my brother, and it about broke him. I mean, he was 
almost bankrupt when he yes. finally got us. And I remember going to a counselor. I had to go see a psychiatrist. Like we all had to be psychologically evaluated and they did diagnose me with PTSD. And I didn't really understand that until later. And I still don't even think it is much PTSD as it was like, um, repressive memories. Like I still have some things trigger me sometimes. Mm. And, uh, most of the time it's when I hear like, the Jewish predictions for like the end of the world and stuff. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> All those old memories are coming back and I'm like, Oh, Armageddon, you know? And, and they were very much, I'm pretty sure I remember this, right? We were going to be in the tribulation for the first like half mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. thousand years. So we were going to be tortured along with everyone else. And then, then we were going to be just whisked up into the sky yeah. like magically. Yeah. And that was only 140,000 people. Mm-hmm. 144,000. Yeah, 144, yeah. And yeah. I could not reconcile that because this was the worldwide church of God. Right. And they believed that European Judaism. So they believed that Europeans were the descendants of the Jews. Mm-hmm. The Americans and the Europeans yeah, were some of the we lost some tribes of, the, of Judah. Yeah, yeah, we were the lost tribes of Judah. So we were, we were okay. We were the saved. And now, like, I have a I have a cousin who's in Jehovah's Witness, and it takes all I have in me not to try to yank her out of there and try to explain they're it. they're very close to that, too. I mean, Yeah, it was like it a mixed like. bag of that all was, of it. That was a mixed bag, yeah. It yeah, was Seventh-day Adventist, yeah. Jehovah's Witness, Judaism. Judaism. Some Islam, it sounded like. I mean, maybe, kind of. With the, yeah. And then they just kind of shook it all up right. in a salt shaker and, <laughs> said, Let's and see took all your money. Out. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah, go ahead. From, well, I was just going to say, from what I saw with, with Herbert Armstrong when I was researching onto him, he, he got big, got into it in the big radio era. Oh, yeah. Because it was actually first called the Radio Church of yes, God. Yes, and it, they had the Plain Truth magazine. Right, because he was he was a radio <laughs> minister. You know, donate mm-hmm. your money, do yep. those things. That's yep. how it got worldwide. But, yeah, at, he I, he literally took all these different little pieces and said, you know, oh, I've, this this revelation came to me from God. This is like mm-hmm. a secret download yeah. that told me this is these parts are true. And these mm-hmm. other parts, he, he the, the, reason, the way he explained the parts of the Bible that didn't make sense is, oh, those are all mistranslations. Yeah. That's just a mistranslation. We <laughs> yeah. don't actually have the right translation. But God showed me. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I just can't show you. We read <laughs> New King read James. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we read New King James version. I mean, or yep. King James. Just regular King, King James. 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 Yeah. So very much that Jehovah's Witness, that's what they were. Yeah. We're yep. studying right now on Wednesday nights in youth, we're studying world religions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we can, as believers, mm-hmm. better combat it with the truth of scripture yeah yep and biblical truth and so you it's need, a fun so i might yeah. have you come out sometime if That's you're willing. that'd be i've got ray coming in a couple i'm not weeks. shy that that would be yeah see <laughs> she's on a podcast awesome. no? yeah. Like, yeah um i've actually thought about starting my own podcast so okay yeah that'd be fun and this was so, eight hours at work yeah that, you know i'm like oh you need to just come on the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to come so but um another thing that always just stuck with me was I said truth, but also just helping people understand that it's not about us. Mm. <laughs> like this whole thing is not about us. And sometimes that comes across kind of harsh in my parenting because I'm like, <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> Even though we give you all the things you want and need and um, we, we love watching you play sports, but it, this isn't all about you. And so I'm still trying to find that balance of, um, making it more about Christ 
than ourselves and getting uncomfortable because oh that's another thing like I know how to be uncomfortable I can promise you that like when it comes time that we're going to be persecuted and we're going to be uncomfortable I'm not really afraid of that part Mm because I feel like I was persecuted most of my childhood and teenage years not in like the horrible persecution that other Christians are facing right but I've had a taste of it and then I know that through all the bad stuff like there's still good and the darkness cannot overcome the light like that is just such a big picture in my life that I've always um, tried to hold on to like for friends of mine that are in depressed like deep dark depression you know or have severe anxiety I'm like okay but there's a way through this like you Mm -hmm. can get it sucks and you're gonna have to bear down and you're gonna be uncomfortable but God is God cares about this and he he's with you and you're not alone and the darkness is never going to be enough to overcome overcome the light mm-hmm. you know one mm-hmm. little light one little candle in a huge space puts off a whole lot of light so yeah. the only way to the summit is up the hard spots yeah mm-hmm. for sure and I was really thankful all of my life that God gave me word pictures to help my kids understand things and that's been huge for me like trying to explain letting your kids go because that's a that's where i'm at right now so my mm-hmm. son is 19 he's out of the home and i've raised him in the way that he should go and when he's old i know he will not depart from it but i wrestled with that his senior year about letting go and surrendering his walk with christ because god took care of me mm-hmm. even though i had people try to pull me in all directions i have to let my son figure this out on his own too mm-hmm. and be a, become a godly man and i have prayed over that a lot but the word picture that always comes to mind is a kite. And this is just for you parents. Did I tell you this, Derek? Mm-mm. The kite picture. This will help you because Autumn's just now out of the house. But so when they're babies, when ba- when they're babies, we hold them. Right, imagine the kite. You're holding onto the entire kite. The whole kite, the, the, the banner, I don't know what you call that, the vinyl or whatever, the plastic that the kite's made out of. You're holding onto the whole thing because you do not want them to get blown away by the wind and at each year that they start school and they or they go to preschool and they go to school and each grade remember the ribbons on the kite mm-hmm. when you're kids so each year is just one more ribbon you're getting further and further away from holding on to the kite you're letting you're just holding on to that top ribbon and then they start junior high and middle or middle school and junior high and you're about midway down those ribbons and then their senior year you're at that bottom ribbon and they you're it's getting out here like the wind is carrying it away mm-hmm. and it's getting further and further away from you and the moment they turn 18 and they get to say that they're adults whether that's right or not um that kite is no longer in your hand you have to let it go but here's what i know about that kite god loves that kite more than anyone else mm-hmm. and he's going to guide it all through the course of its life and he's going to bring it back to you every once in a while. And he's going to let you see that beautiful kite that he made for you, that he gave to you to take care of. And then it's going to blow away. And But God is never going to be out of God's sight. And God knows right where that kite's going to end up. And it's just a beautiful way that he showed me to, I'm okay to let my son go because he loves my son more than I do. And when my daughter gets to that age, it's okay. He loves her more than I do. And I have to fully surrender their walk with him because I know that he's going to help them know who he is. And I did my part, right? Like I raised them. I loved them. I showed them God was real. I taught them truth. 
to the best of my abilities and God's going to teach them even more. You know, he's going to show them even better things than I could ever show them. So yeah, that's deep. That is deep, that is that's deep awesome. right there. That's great. That is awesome. Love that. I've never thought of that. Me neither. That's great. <laughs> it just helps. Like yeah, these are no. comforting <laughs> no, things that no, help but, when you're trying to, but it's also accurate. It. It's also accurate. I mean, well, it isn't from me. Like God gave that to me to be okay. You know? Right. Yeah. So I just got one. One question. I'm all ears. And, I can take all the questions. You know, if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. No, it's fine. Your relationship with your mom mm-hmm. since all that's happened yeah. and since you becoming a Christian, how is that, <laughs> have, has that restored at all? Has forgiveness happened? Like, what's um, that look like now for you? So, when I was 19, I quit going to visitation. I quit mm-hmm. trying to have a relationship with my mom. It was very um, guilt-ridden. I was... She guilted me through everything. The reason why her marriage fell apart was my fault. The reason why um, we got taken away was my fault because I testified against her. Everything was my fault. The room, the fire started in my room. Um, I was blamed for every single thing. And so when I was old enough to say no thanks, I did that. I walked away from her and I just told her, like, I don't want to have a relationship with you because I just don't think I can this is before I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. So once I was saved and knew Christ and was all about forgiveness, I tried again. I, I tried to reconcile with her and I had a baby and I didn't want to deny her a relationship with my son. I wanted to give her a chance to be a grandmother, but that did not go well either. There was a lot of manipulation, a lot of, um, when you don't know what real love is, you tend to use monetary things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was transactional. To, yeah, love. it was transactional. So she was trying to buy my love or buy my son's love. Mm-hmm. And there was no like experiences. And she also did not want to adhere to my boundaries because I had to have boundaries up for her because mm-hmm. I couldn't really trust her. She had lied to me my whole life or whether it was intentional or not. I don't know. I'll ne- I may never know on this side of heaven, but I I tried really hard to have a relationship with her. And then. I could tell it was not going to work out, um, that it was going to be just manipulation and confusion and it wasn't healthy for me. And I needed to focus on my son and being, becoming a good mom. I also thought I'm absorbing all these traits the longer I'm around her. And I do not want to be like her at all. Cause not just the religion, there was a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. that was, I mean, I was mentally and emotionally abused so much that a court took us away from her. So, um, then I tried again when I had my daughter, like I talked to my husband, I was like, Hey, you know, should we try to let her have a relationship now that we're having another baby? And it was very evident about two days in that it wasn't going to work. And my son was in third grade at Cooper or at, um, Gravit elementary. He had just, we had just moved to Gravit schools and he was in third grade and his dad, who was a police officer in Waldron, texted me and he said hey I just got a message from your mom that um she's gonna pick Brady up from school and meet me because she lived in Fort Smith Mm. and I guess she was up here and she was gonna do me a favor and do my son's father a favor by driving for us because he used to have to drive up here and so she was trying to uh make him think that she was just gonna bring my son down there well (laughs) I'm so glad he texted me Cause I said, I haven't had anything to do with my mom for a very long time and we do not have a relationship and there's no way I would let my son go with her by himself, let alone drive to see you. Like, no, that's not going to happen. 
So I immediately called her. But before I called her, I called the school and I said, no one, I mean, absolutely no one can pick up my child other than me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, yes, we understand. And I had subbed in that building, so they knew me. I was like, no, no one. And um, I went straight to the school and picked him up. And while I was driving there, I called her and I said, I don't know what you're trying to do, but Jeremy is not falling for this. And he just called me and told me what they, what you were trying to do that you did not even discuss with me. And you are not allowed in my son's building. Like, you're not. You're on a list, so don't even try it. And I don't know whether she ever came up there or not, but I felt in my soul that she was going to kidnap my son mm-hmm. that day. And from that moment on, I haven't had anything to do with her. I, I, she's tried. I mean, she yeah. pops up every once in a while. She popped up at my son's graduation. We saw her on our security cameras. Um, she always finds out where we live every time we move. Um, she left a gift for him and I read the card and, discarded it and left the gift for him and told him who it was from he doesn't really remember her my daughter has never met her or has no recollection of me her when she was a baby mm-hmm. so it's just a dangerous mm-hmm. relationship that I, deep down in my heart I want to reconcile and I went when I was going to church in Bella Vista, I asked my pastor about this you know I was like I want to try to have a relationship with my mom because forgiveness says you know we have to forgive them and we need to give them another chance and I can't reconcile this. I don't know what to do because I don't feel safe around her. I know she's going to lie. She's tried to take my son. What do I do? And he said, well, Elena, imagine you come to church and we do hugs and shakes and you go across and shake somebody's hand, a big tall guy, he's real burly, and he steps on your toe. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I stepped on your toe. And the next Sunday comes around and um, he comes across for hugs and shakes, shakes your hand, steps on your toe again. Well, that third week when hugs and shakes comes, you're not going to want to go shake his hand. You're not going to let him even get near your toe because he's going to step on it. And it's not because he's trying to step on it. You don't know whether he's doing it on purpose or not, but you're still going to distance yourself so that he doesn't step on your toe after a while. And he's like, that's what it is with your mom. You can forgive her and you can love her from a distance, but you cannot let her back into your realm because it's not safe. And until she gets the help she needs... And meets the true Jesus mm-hmm. at the true foot of the cross and not some cockamamie thing that she's pretending to do right now. Um, it's never it's never going to be a safe relationship. And God knows your heart that you ache for that restoration, but you might not ever get it. Yeah. You can have reconciliation, but not restoration, right? Yeah. And so that was that's where it's at. And I haven't had anything to do with her. And I really get anxious if I know she's going to be in my orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she lives in Oklahoma now. So that's, that's a little helpful, but she still pops up every once in a while and she'll bring things from the fire. I know, I know that wasn't a diss to Oklahoma. No, 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 no. no. I know Ray said this is a, a different podcast. He's already, bro, we related. We had the same mom. <laughs> that's the same story. I'm over here like, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, I feel, I, she said it all, that's all. I actually have compassion for my mom like God changed yeah. my heart it went from bitterness and anger and confusion to compassion yeah. I actually feel sorry for my mom because I found out later in life like she had a really really hard childhood worse than mine and she never got the help that she needed mm-hmm. and that can do something to a person and then she's never admitted that she has mental health issues and so that's another reason why I don't have her in my life because when people have mental health issues and they don't know it, they're more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I really do long for her to get the help. And I pray all the time that God would find a way to restore us. But I've also 
been okay with the fact that God gave me a mom. My stepmother is probably the closest thing you can get to with Jesus with skin on, even though they didn't go to church. She is a saint. I mean, this woman knows what unselfishness looks like. She she has been saved since then and mm-hmm. baptized, but she was the most loving woman I've ever known. And she taught me how to be a mom. Even though she was never able to have her own kids, she taught me how to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful story too that God did. And um, she is just, I mean, <laughs> she's an amazing person. Um, honest, forthright, like, she just tells people like it is, but she loves everyone unconditionally. I don't know how everyone can, like a person can love everyone. Um, but <laughs> no one has ever said a bad thing about this woman, like, yeah. except for my real mom. Cause of course that was well, a threat yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, but, and then another awesome stepmom story is I was a stepmom and I had a stepmom and then my son has a stepmom. And when, when my son's father left me at five months pregnant, I didn't really know what was going on at the time until later. And he had met this girl and they were dating. And when my son was about 18 months old, he brought her to my house, his new girlfriend to meet me because he knew it was important that this woman's going to be in our kid's life. You need mm-hmm. to meet her, which I thought was really honorable. I met her and I, I, I liked her. I mean, I didn't really know a lot about her. I knew she was young and I, I uh, but I prayed for her. I was like, being a stepmom is not easy. It is probably the hardest thing that, a woman would ever have to do or a step parent a man being a stepdad is hard and I knew because my experience with my stepdaughter was not pretty but I had a beautiful picture of what step parenthood could look mm-hmm. like in my stepmom she was what I feel like all step parents should emulate so I wanted to be more like my stepmom and I prayed for this woman and her name is Kansas and she's a saint and I really like her and God protected me from some information during the time that they were dating and got married. One day my son came home from visitation with his dad and stepmom and he said, Kansas turned 21. I said, what? She goes, yeah, we had balloons. I said 21, like it was her 21st birthday. Now she can drink wine. He's five. So I did the math and I was like, I know how long they've been married. I know how long they've been together. Mm. My son's father, who was 25 when we had him, left me and met a girl who was about 16 or 17. Mm. I was 24. So God protected me from that information. Cause if I would have known that mm-hmm. before I had Brady or before I made the decision about the birth certificate, my son would have never known his father. He would have never known him at all. I would have, I would have been so enraged and so mad and so hurt that I would have been like, Nope, you're not going to be anywhere near this. But God protected me from it because he knew that Kansas was going to be an amazing stepmom to my son. And it would be, if I could line up all the mamas for my boy, like that wasn't me, I would have picked her. I mean, she's amazing. She was a nurse. She helped me through so many things. We have a good friendship now and he's a grown, he's grown. So, I mean, I still follow her kids. They have two other kids. I still follow them. And I just feel like all the animosity between, you know, parents who don't get married or who were married it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you can do what's best for your kiddo. And for me to to love her and, and support her and pray for her as the stepmother to my son was way better than the opposite, which I had seen growing up, which was mm-hmm. my mom held me from my stepmom, withheld me and hated my stepmother and didn't want me to have a relationship with my dad. 
you know, and I never wanted that for my kid. I was like, I cannot, they cannot grow up fight. I cannot grow up fighting. They cannot grow up with their parents fighting all mm-hmm. the time. And so like people looked at me like I was crazy. Like what? He left you for a 16 year old girl, but you still like her. What? I'm like, cause God protected me from that information. Mm-hmm. He knew how my flesh would react. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make just it. going to say that. Yeah. He wanted to yeah. make it a beautiful testimony, which he has. And, people look at that and they're like what in the world they think i'm crazy but i'm not like god knew and he worked it all out for our good and now my son you know like he's so well-rounded because he had two moms that loved him and two dads that loved him and we all got along and we didn't fight and we didn't bicker which is very rare (laughs) god's plan is always perfect yeah (laughs) it might not feel like it might not be perfect for you (laughs) out here and there and it looks like it's a mess but it's always perfect yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm mm-hmm well my wife struggled with some of the same similar type of thing you're dealing with too because her her sister unfortunately passed away recently she had mental illness problems too and it was she had to do pretty much the same thing because if you tried any sort of contact it immediately shifted into the manipulation and gaslighting and Mm -hmm. just it was it was very difficult and but she struggled with that a lot too as we became into christians because right you're supposed to you know forgiveness and all this mm-hmm. and uh i i she found the the what she needed in the bible and I, I took me a while to figure out roughly where it is this isn't exactly it but this also covers it too in luke uh, luke 17 he talks about it too right if your brother sins against you you're supposed to forgive them mm-hmm. if they come with repentance mm-hmm. right when he says if they sin seven times you forgive seven times if they if they come saying i repent Mm -hmm. so her sister never came to her saying i am so sorry for all the things i did she never repented yeah which you still offer forgiveness Mm -hmm. but you don't have to go into fellowship anymore right because if there's no repentance there then you're not supposed to be in fellowship it's the same thing they say if you have to when they you don't remove somebody from the church but you might remove them from the the fellowship fellowship. right you might remove them from the extra stuff they can still come they just don't get to do any extra stuff until they repent right and then they're back in, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. what it is. They're never out of God's family, but... Sadly, I don't think she's ever had the ability to understand repentance. Like, mm-hmm. it was... I never heard this woman say sorry to me for anything as I was growing up. Like, I never heard I'm sorry. It was always... There was always an excuse or it was always religion. Like, you have to do this because this. You know, it was, uh, this church was a perfect way for her to hide her mental illness behind it. Mm-hmm. And people do use religion to hide their... Oh, yeah. Uh, ugly. Oh yeah, and um, they use it as a crutch, and that's why we have to be careful about people who come into your church, who are in wolves and sheep's clothing, mm. because they can use it against mm-hmm. you. You know, they can manipulate you and teach you false things. Like we're studying in Galatians right now with Bible study. I mean, that is just so apparent sometimes. They come yep. in and they're false teachers, and they take one little thing and they twist it all up the wrong way, mm-hmm. and then you're next thing you know you're, dee dee dee, following a wrong oh, path. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think she had it in her that I think part of her mental illness is that she cannot see when she does wrong. And that was something I had to just be okay with one day. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm probably never going to have her in my life. And it doesn't mean I hate her. It doesn't mean I'm mad at her. I have forgiven her completely. I have no ill will towards her. I'm still trying to decide if when she leaves this world, will I go? That's the one thing I haven't figured out. Will I go to her funeral? How will I feel? Those are hard things mm-hmm. to wrestle with right now. Yep. My brother had a relationship with her for a really long time. He didn't let go so fast until she started manipulating him and his ex-wife. And then he finally let let that relationship go. And he came to me and he was like, uh, I see what you see now. You know, like he's like confirming that we weren't 
we weren't crazy. Like we had to do that. We had to cut her out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think he just was more of a softy than I was. I was more jaded and hardened a little bit. And he had a better relationship with her when we were children. So it took him longer, but now he sees and I'm thankful for him because he kind of keeps track of her and tells us, like, tells me where she's at and what she's doing. <laughs> He's like my FBI. He's doing the reconnaissance <laughs> yeah. for you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Josh. Thanks for helping me out with that. If you listen to this, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my story. It's still a work, still going on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you got a new family. You found God's family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right, and I saw just a tiny, small rabbit hole too. Just uh, I was I was doing research on the the Church of God. It is splintered, and it keeps splintering farther. Of course, too. I was actually yeah. uh, there's a, a rather large sect that's come up. I can't remember the exact name. It's they've added a few other things. It's got like four words before like Church of global God. Yeah, it's some, global ministry something Church yeah, of God. They've yeah. now actually st- they now start preaching. There's a Mother God. Have you heard of Mother oh, God? And the, no. and this is a real lady who lives in Vietnam. She's oh the mother my. God because the whole thing that Armstrong preaches that we were going to be born through God. Well, to be born with God, there's got to be a mother then too. Oh. So now she's the mother God has come. It's almost I'm like wow, this that's, rabbit hole that's it's ironic. gone nuts. <laughs> that's that's ironic because they used to call the Catholic Church the whore of Babylon. I mean, like they oh yeah, they, they said that was from Revelation. Yep. Oh yeah. And for them to be oh, but we do too. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> just kidding. I'm them, kidding. I'm sorry, for Catholics. For them to be. Um, uplifting a woman like that because yeah. it was a very patriarchal church oh yes, too. yes women knew their place and the deacons wives and the elders wives had to look perfect like mm-hmm. they had to wear the best dresses i can remember my mom was a deacon's wife and i can remember her going to jc penney's and buying the best dresses and we got our clothes off the back table of the hand-me-down table at church like i can remember wearing clothes for for so many years because all the money had to go to todd's and all the money had to go to her fancy clothes and my stepdad's fancy suits mm-hmm. so they could put on airs in the church. On Saturday, we went to church on Saturday, yep. too. I forgot to mention that. Yep. Like, we Seventh went to church on Saturday. Week, yeah. yeah. It was the Sabbath. Because yeah. it was the Sabbath. And that took me a long time to figure out, too. And then I realized, well, Resurrection Sunday is why we started. Well, doing, meet on Sunday. Yeah, right. We don't we think Saturday is necessarily the Sabbath. But right. that's, yeah. But, like, growing up. With the with the Christmas and stuff like they were always they this church hounded Jesus was not born in the winter time he was born <laughs> during the harvest like okay okay we get it like that was just <laughs> funny thing is I think they've even proved that's wrong I, from I what I heard all the censuses were always done in the springtime that's like the Roman census was always done yeah. in the springtime <laughs> I know so, they're, they're very confusing and then it was if you rearrange the letters in Sa- Santa it spells Satan mm-hmm. I mean that was drilled mm-hmm. into me like I thought Satan actually looked like Santa for a really long time as a kid. I was well, like, he does wear red. red. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, red. Yeah. And I thought the horns are just hiding underneath that hat. I mean, you know, the whole like, giving toys to children thing hat. doesn't quite jive for me, but we'll figure that out. Right? Oh no, it was because they were going to take the children and do nefarious things oh, with them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The toys were allures, like yeah, the candy in the van. Yeah, yeah. the gotcha. James reference where the hook mm-hmm. that was misused a lot. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. I'm just glad that God rescued me from that. Oh, and yeah. I yeah. I pray for everyone who's in a church that needs rescued from. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart actually sometimes to I get overwhelmed thinking about it. I have a huge heart for the Amish and Yeah. Because when they're or the FDLS church, because when they're shunned, 
I mean, it is like so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And then they almost always turn to drugs and alcohol because they don't have anywhere else to go. And honestly, I have felt called to do a ministry to those kids, but there's not a lot of them around here. So I'd have to move somewhere else. Maybe when my kids are grown, I'll go rescue Amish kids. But I also had a heart for pregnant unwed mothers. And I did try ministry at Bella Vista Christian for Embrace Grace, which is a beautiful ministry. And mm-hmm. if y'all ever want to start it here, like tell me, I'll, I'll, I'll start that up. But it's basically the church needs to come around and love these girls who are unwed and pregnant, especially if we're going to call ourselves pro-life. Like we got to be pro-life mm-hmm. all the way. We got to be pro-love. And we can't shun them and we can't make them feel bad about their sin just because it's showing, just because they sin differently than we did, right? And so we've got to come alongside them and sit with them in the pews and mm-hmm. teach them God's word and maybe save that baby before it's even born, you know? Because mm-hmm. that I, was my mom. That was your Cause, mom? Yeah, because she had me in high school, mm-hmm. her senior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know my real dad. But. Yeah. Those girls need the church mm-hmm. so much and it didn't ever work out in Bella Vista I think because girls were scared to come to Bella Vista because of the geriatric nature of mm. Bella Vista churches <laughs> nothing mm. against the geriatric church I'm just saying like that intimidated them the older white ladies might make them feel guilty about having a baby we're, we're starting to be life. younger in Bella Vista now by yeah the way. take yeah. it over Shh, don't tell the POA. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the so, raise your uh, what is the your Yeah, they'll raise your dues. Your dues are going up just because of this podcast. I probably but, will, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like that's a big heart. that I was actually a crisis counselor at Loving Choices for a while, and that that fulfilled a big hole in my heart that I had. And I have, I mean, if, there, if anyone out there knows of a girl who's in that situation, I mean, I'll be glad to leave my phone number with these guys and y'all can reach out and um, get with me because I can walk you through that. I can help you through that and I can show you that there is hope on the other side of that because it feels like the whole world is against you when you're in that situation and you have nowhere to go. But people came alongside me. You know, people loved me through that time in my life and I have tried to pay it forward so much. During my single mom years, There was I was single mom for three years. I had so many helpers, like, look for the helpers, and I want to be the helper, so paying it forward, too. I know it's getting late, guys. Oh, we're fine. No. We're fine. No. We, we usually go for... Well, we usually go about another 30 minutes. We're, yeah. we're, all, we're about an hour and a half in. We knew we knew about two, so I watched the time. They, they pretend like I don't. I'm thankful that but. you have looked up all this stuff, because I didn't have to. That really relieved a lot of pressure. I, can, I am so nervous about going into a situation unprepared. I cannot help it. No. I always do. Oh, really? And then I get here, and I'm always like, I don't know nothing. Help me, God. Yeah, Holy Spirit always comes in, right? I've never seen Ray like that. Yep, not once, not once. Well, and, you know, this came right to mind because we were just studying this a couple weeks ago. We went through 2 Timothy, and there's a right 2 Timothy 3. He says, you know, but you know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. And he's talking about the church. He's talking Mm -hmm. to the church. He's not talking about the lost. That's already happening, right? Lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness, but denying its power. That sounds exactly like that church. Yeah, that literally that's that's we that's one of the reasons I tell my wife all the time. We know Jesus is coming soon because this is just getting worse and worse oh. and worse right now. Yeah. 
So absolutely. I don't think it's happening tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Jesus, can all you I, hear me right now? Can you just come on back? Because that'd be great. He's closer today than he was yesterday. That is a hundred percent true. hundred percent true. They actually, but they, our job is still needed. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I heard they're drawing up plans. They're getting ready to build the temple in in Israel. They've I mean, got the they've got the like, perfect cows. They got too. the perfect cows. Finally, are they've they been trying still, that for like five are they still years. Still perfect though. Is so far, so, so far, far, they have four still, or they're yeah. three. I think they're down to three. Three. They only they're need one. Three. They only need one, but they have three. The Euphrates so, uh, River is dry. Yeah, I know, right? That was even prophesied. Isn't it uh, kind of crazy, all that stuff? <laughs> it's just crazy. Weird. Um, weird. Not, Our nation is in steep decline. <laughs> I've, I've decided no, I'm not going to worry myself with that whole building of the temple thing. I'm going to worry myself with what God's called us to do. Exactly That's right. Sure. So exactly it. right. Forget That's the, like. Do. Temple's gonna be built no matter what. No, yeah, we can't do anything we know about it's it. Coming, nope. It's biblical. Yep. Our job, like, just go share the gospel and yeah, exactly right. Try to help people realize they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Today's the day. Yeah. So today's the day for salvation. Don't waste any time. Mm-hmm. Repent. Repent. <laughs> Fall down on your face. I'm gonna go yeah. live in the wild. Uh, yeah. Eat yeah. Locusts and wild eat honey. Locusts. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can eat locusts. I don't know. I'm trying I to either. figure that out. I'm like, oh. They're trying to, they're trying it, to push that now. We're going to eat the bugs. With wild honey. <laughs> okay, with so honey. I, you got to drizzle the honey. with honey. Yeah, at the same time. I don't well, know. I mean, I've always heard you got to pull their back legs off first well, so they don't hop around in your so, belly. So, they, so you don't feel it tickle in your throat. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They're not okay. hopping out your belly. It's like, it's like chocolate covered. Uh, <laughs> crickets. Crickets. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate covered crickets. Chocolate. Yeah. Because you throw chocolate on it, don't make it better. Oh, gosh. Nope. The, it's the crunch for me. <laughs> I would have to go whole, like swallow the whole thing. It does not taste like chicken. No. No. Maybe. Chocolate covered crickets. Though. Although, I mean, if you had to do it, I bet you if you mixed it up with peanut butter or something, you could probably get it down. I, I Where are you going to find peanut butter when the world's coming apart? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't know. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. well, we appreciate you coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Ho- to hear. Hopefully somebody'll hear it and maybe it'll make them think twice about somewhere they might be, some church they might be at that's saying some things that they're confused about and never be afraid to go. I know the first thing you always want to do is you want to go ask your parents or you ask mm-hmm. the people at your church, what about mm-hmm. this? What about this? Mm-hmm. But that it's funny that you don't ever think maybe I, maybe I should just go try to find another Christian, someone who's not in my church yeah. and just talk to them about it or something because yeah. I know you're told not to, right? right? But at the same time you know, if anyone's listening and you happen to be just checking this out at random yeah. and you this you hear something, go talk to a, find a different Christian or two. Talk to a couple different Christians because I'm not saying the next one's going to be good either. But <laughs> Yeah, and open your Bible and pray before you read. Like yes. ask God to yes. show you what yep. what he wants to say to you because that word is alive and it it speaks differently to, di- to different people in different situations. Not that it changes, but you hear it differently each time you read it. And it's a word, it's alive. And when you, when you're opening the word of God, do not just start reading. Like you Mm. need to ask God to help you understand what you're reading Mm -hmm. and who he's speaking to and what the context was, Mm -hmm. because so many people can misconstrue so many things. And I am testimony to that. Like I can tell you misconstrued Bible verses and how my, how messed up they can be and how hard it is to unravel that and get back to truth. That's something I still have to do. I have to ask God, okay, like erase my memory from what I was taught as a child and help me to know what you actually said here. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is it? Acts seventeen eleven. 
Look at you. Acts seventeen eleven. Did you win Bible trivia? No, oh, no, okay. I did not. Okay. I'm, I haven't. I never got a chance to play. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll have Bible <laughs> yeah. trivia. Um, we'll do Bible trivia. Bible, verse eleven, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. These were more fair-minded than those in the Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness. And they searched the scriptures daily mm-hmm. to find out whether these things were so. Mm-hmm. So receive the word yeah. and then search the scriptures daily. Yeah. Right? That's that's what we all have to do. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear anything from any Christian, from any pastor, from anybody, question it. Question it. Search the scriptures. Be like, oh, what verse was that? Where's that at? Let's yeah. go find it. Let's go read it. If something don't sound right, look it up. And if your pastor tells you not to question them, just walk right out of that church. <laughs> don't go back. Come on over here to First Baptist <laughs> yeah. Church, Hawassi. Because pastors are to be scrutinized even yeah. harder than yeah. the regular Christians. That is right. They're held uh, to a higher standard. Uh, that's what I tell the students every week. Like, check me. Like, check me. Check me. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go Go look it up. Go. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be proven wrong. I really would. Because then I don't, now, I'm, now I can be right. Right? Yeah, I was wrong yeah, before, but yeah. now I can be right. Yeah. Yeah. I love problem solving. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dig deep. Can I pray us out? Like when we pray? We will. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. No, I, I Randy. love to pray yeah. out loud. Like that's okay. not something I'm shy about. We don't really have guests that asked to do no. that. No. <laughs> really? No. no. That's great. No. I know it's always I this awkward that. moment. Like who's going to pray? Yeah. Right. I'm like, usually, I'll do it every it's me time. Or Derek, just go, hey, somebody pray. Mm-hmm. Like, you're uh, praying, yeah. you're praying. Yep. No, yes. I love to pray. I love to talk to God. Yeah. I, I love it. Very nice. It's such an honor, you know. I'm going to shoot these out for you. We do it. We always get some quotes. quotes. Yep. You know, yep. get some quotes. Pew, pew. Let's you know go. Quotes. Just go. three. Just and three quotes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you start talking about this when I was looking it up, and it says, You're in a cult, so call your dad. So we'll get that one out of the way. <laughs> you're in a cult, call, <laughs> call your, your dad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cults thrive on insecurity of people. Very mm-hmm. free and dare to walk alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. If you, if you look at any of them, you can tell that. Mm-hmm. And, and they all, if you look at most of the cults, how they started, they will take scripture, right? I mean, Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness, for the longest time, read and preached out of King James Version mm-hmm. and then wrote their own version. And they'll take scripture that we read, we believe as truth, and they'll twist it. Just enough. Just enough. Because mm-hmm. Satan's like a Satan great did. deceiver. Satan mm-hmm. did it in the garden. Mm-hmm. Yep. Satan did it in the wilderness for Jesus. And I can so. do all things with a verse used out of context. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. that is the, I'm going to use that. That's hilarious. That's on my board, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be. <laughs> What's the third one? And the last one is, and you about stole it from me. I, mm. I wasn't going to it says God didn't remove the Red Sea; He parted it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God doesn't remove your problems; He makes a way through them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And True. honestly, like I feel like that's better, right? Yeah. Because if you get something the easy way, you don't always cherish it, mm-hmm. right? But if you have to go through some real hard stuff and you have to like work, blood, sweat, and tears, you're more proud of it on the other mm-hmm. side, right? I used to tell my son, like, whatever you care about. You're going to work hard and take care of, right? Like, so if it matters to you, you're going to work hard, like with your car. If it matters to you, you're going to work hard to keep it clean, take care of it, maintain it. I feel did like you that's, hear that? that's there, us. Did you hear that? Keep uh, it clean. Autumn, did you hear that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, talk to like yeah. 95% of teenagers right now. I know. We had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> yes. But God loves us so much. So he's going to work, toil, put us through it. You know, we're refined yeah. mm-hmm. by fire. <laughs> yeah. 
under pressure. I use that with my daughter all the time. I'm like, God's finest treasures are buried deep, and it takes a lot to get them. And that's another thing about purity. I, I preach purity to both my kids. I taught my son to see girls as treasure that God buries mm-hmm. deep, and that that's someone's future wife and someone's mm-hmm. future mama. And whatever you do to them, it's going to stick with them for the rest of their life. So don't, don't go there. And then I was like, you have to treasure them and, and help them to know that how valuable they are. Like I taught my son this and I think he did a good job through his teenage years. Like really, I think it, it stuck. And my daughter, I'm like, God keeps all of the best things he makes buried. Like pearls are hard to get to. You got to go through the slime and the muck and you got to dig deep and you got to pry that thing open to get to that beautiful pearl it's not easy it's hard and and you can't let it just go easy mm-hmm. you can't be easy and then um diamonds you know they are way down deep and they're mm-hmm. ugly at first mm-hmm. they're really ugly rocks if you find a diamond mm-hmm. and then you have to polish them and chisel them and break them away and shine them and then you take such good care of them like you don't ever want them to get messed up and that's what you need to look for someone who's willing to do all of that for you a man who's willing to do that for you is what you is what you deserve and so purity and that's another thing for your daughters just their treasure (laughs) when she was little she used she remembered my treasure comment she'd we'd go in the grocery store she'd flip the magazines around where the girls were showing too much Uh she'd flip them around or she'd hide them because she was very (laughs) modest and she was like no they're they're showing their treasure they got to turn it around (laughs) and she would literally go through the grocery store and flip all of those magazines around it was the best thing ever i was like good girl you know and to this day she's still very modest and i'm thankful for that i know that's all god given me those words of wisdom to give to my children so but it also shows the growth too because you was yeah. also saying at right. first you i had wasn't no that clue. girl oh no you had mm-hmm. no clue what's going on now you're no. trying to help others to i didn't know i battle. had a treasure i didn't yeah. know that i was valuable so the growth yeah. is also a good importance of that yeah yeah for sure all glory to god for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep that's all your quotes though Oh, I can find a couple. More. <laughs> That's all I, I figured for this one. You're a quote guy. <laughs> right. That's all I had. Yep. Unfortunately, the only one thing that Jesus does promise us is that uh, the closer we draw to him, the harder it tends to get. Because yeah. I, I, I tell young people now, I say, it's like, it's video games. If you're on the right path, it's getting harder. Mm, right? Because yeah. that's exactly the how they all work. After you. Yep. It gets hard. They keep you leveling up. That's why it's getting harder. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> so, one. That's a good word picture. I'll have to use that one. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one more since you asked. Yay. One, one of the best signs of your growth is seeing yourself no longer worried, bothered, or hurt by the things that used to drain you. Ugh. You're going You're going to get better, and it feels so good. Amen. Uh-huh. That is good. I'm done, Nelly Miller. No. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's going to go back to sleep on the couch. I'll yeah. mute his mic. And yeah. Quotes are Hands done. up. <laughs> Quotes are done. I just poked him with a stick when it was quote time. <laughs> now I have no more for the rest of the month. Aww, no, I'm just joking. Shucks. <laughs> I drained your quote sink. Uh, this quote quota. I'll, You've met your I'll, quote quota. I'll find more <laughs> motivation once next time. Yeah, what else are you going to do at work? Avenue. <laughs> yeah, really? What else? <laughs> that's mine. That motivational stuff. The motivational stuff. Oh, my stuff. goodness. Yes. Yeah. Every morning he's like, happy Tuesday. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He is way too happy. Tubular Tuesday. I'm like, he is way too happy for 9 a.m. Every Wednesday, White comes in. I'm like, hey, White, how was your week? He goes, oh, 
Tuesday was just tubular. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what happens when you lose motivation, guys? That's when discipline kicks in. <laughs> yes, we hear that a lot. Yeah. I'm happy at nine, taking a nap at ten. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like right now, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. He's shutting down, folks. Mm-hmm. Crystal, mm-hmm. come get your mans. <laughs> yeah. He's shutting down. They're doing what we're doing. They're out there just talking. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at them. They mm-hmm. are having a good time. Mm-hmm. I have a TV in the office now mm-hmm. to watch cameras. That's pretty awesome. Well, that was, that was awesome, Elena. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. Aww, thanks yeah, for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for all of you guys agreeing to Derek's wild ideas. Yeah, there are a lot. Did, why, did we why, agree to it? Why do you think we even started in the first place? Oh Thank yeah. You. If not, you've been held hostage yeah. for two hours. I remember I'm that sorry. meeting too. That meeting with the guys down there. Yeah. I'm like, well, I was kind of thinking about starting a podcast. They're like, what? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. What are we doing? No. What does that mean? What's a bobcat? Yeah. <laughs> What's a bobcat? You, you did. Funny. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Yeah. And I still tell him the same. Are you sure you want me on a bike? <laughs> and a year later, here we are. A year later. It's been a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. all started in my basement. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Where the first two episodes. If you go back and listen yeah. to the Corey's the, the second one. School. I listened yeah. to that one. Yeah, we we were down in my basement at yeah. the house, mm-hmm. and we'll never find his house again. No, no. right? No. And you can, you can no. hear the dog like running across. Yeah, yeah. Bella Vista. Yeah, yeah. he's in Bella Vista. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Over in Bella Vista. Yeah, they, they did that on purpose. They don't like people to find their places. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't want you to people you to know where you live. Six nope. ways to get to one house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Or six streets named the same thing with and a different know, ending. <laughs> on different sides of town. Yeah. 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 That's so confusing. Yep. Yeah. I've told my wife, I'm like, Daniel lives somewhere in this area. <laughs> <laughs> We're very near his house. I in don't know how vicinity. to find it. Over by Lake Ann. I'm the only street that has Sheffield. That's it. The only oh. Sheffield. Yep. The only Sheffield. Well, you know, Daniel just doxed himself. Yeah, so. you just doxed yourself for <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, hey. If you're going to come, bring treats. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably yeah. cinnamon honey You're buns. not going to find it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right. It's Bella Vista. You don't know where find it. You don't know where I, don't <laughs> I think it's banana it's pudding or something. Oh, banana pudding. Cherry pie Cherry. or banana pudding. Uh, yeah. If you don't bring those... You're going to be met with a shotgun. So That's that, that helps out with his marathon running. <laughs> they do. They do. Because yeah. that encourages me to run more. Right. Right. That doesn't. It's, I have the opposite effect. You so you're supposed, to, you're supposed to eat the pie after the marathon, not before the marathon. That's the problem. Uh, told me that. Yeah. Well, you know, two weeks before the full marathon, you carb load. So that's what I'm doing. Just pie. Wow. With cherry pie and banana pudding. What I'm marathon just are you running? Um, I have one October 14th. It's a half. Okay, where? Down in, I mean, Fate, oh. down in Fateville. That's because he then, ate too much pie. And then, I have, <laughs> and then I have a full in December over in Memphis. Woo. The, the St. Jude. I've so. never ran a marathon. If you see me running, y'all better run too. Yeah. Something's chasing me. This will be yeah. my second. So I've, I've established that my marathons are only going to be for a purpose. So, oh, good. Uh, my first one was the hog eye and any money that, that came in under my name or that I paid went to feeding the hungry. Oh, awesome. Um, the one in Memphis is St. Jude. So all the money goes to St. Jude that's uh, awesome. research hospital. So that's, that's great. Um, the one down in Fayetteville, it's the hero half. This is the second time oh. I bring it. Wounded warriors. No, it goes oh. to the firefighter um, oh. association down there. Cool. Um, Can I have so, your autograph? 
You don't want it. It's not worth anything. You're right. Uh, yeah, just right. So. Child of God. Yeah. That's your that's, 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 that's all you get. So, yeah. Bond servant of Christ. She told, yeah. you, she told where, you you're yeah. worse, so all, you ought to know All now. my races, it's just going to go. Sweet. Yeah. I didn't know people did this for money, like their own money. Uh, there's people there's run people, marathons to make money. I have very few I people. I have a make friend money. that's oh. actually sponsored by Adidas, and she runs professionally for Fancy. Adidas and runs. Um, been to the Olympics twice and cool. I'll have to tell my friend who loves to run so about this. There are yeah, there are people that are sponsored by. It's not dirt. <laughs> no, there was a flyer in our office. It says five k fun run, and I'm like. There ain't nothing fun about that. <laughs> yeah, there is. What? It's actually a point five k fun. Run. Wait a minute, no, it's a library. Yes, the well, library. Yes, <laughs> the Gravit Public Library is, and they're giving away donuts. The police officers are giving away donuts. So Derek will be there. Point <laughs> five k. Yeah, it's a monster fun run. Like there's a, do- I have to paint a donut actually on the window at the library that looks like a Frankenstein and he's got a headband and he's running. Okay. So, so it's a like, running donut Frankenstein. I don't know. It's so Derek, so Derek can be Derek across it. the street uh, trying to wrestle <laughs> Frankenstein's donut. Derek, I'll get some miniatures. What we'll do is we'll sign your name up. I'll go run it and you just show up at the finish line yeah, for the donut. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. In now, costume. Now, In costume. You guys have it all wrong. Uh-oh. I was a new generation <laughs> cop. Right? Oh, we yeah. didn't eat donuts. We, we didn't eat donuts. No, we ate bagels. Yeah. Bagels. <laughs> Fancy. They're somehow the better schmear. for you. Somehow better schmear. for you. <laughs> yeah, schmear. So that's one thing, though. Pepper schmear. When I was an officer. Everything but the bagel. I never ate a donut where the public could see me. Yeah. Oh, of course not. <laughs> you would be. I was going to say, you no. can lie to your friends. I'll no. lie to mine. But I ate the donuts. I, don't I did too, but I didn't say it was in front of the public. Like, uh, there's officers that go to Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. Not it was happening. the public that brought us donuts. I'm like, right. hey, kid, you're yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah. how did but you I, get them? What do you mean? If oh, you weren't eating them in front of people. Well, the break room. station. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. But I thought it was just a stereotype. I didn't think it was real. <laughs> we no, used to. Well, yeah. you know where it came from, right? No. So the Please night educate. shift officers, <laughs> the only thing that was open was a donut shop. Donut oh. shop. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that would open early too for even right. the morning shift officers. Yeah. Yep. I see. So that's well, the only thing that was open. How did you not know it was a thing? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we used to bring the police station in uh, where I grew up uh, when I worked delivering pizzas. We used to bring them all, you know, all the pizzas that no one was home when you went to deliver it or no one showed up to pick it up. Mm-hmm. We'd bring all those extra pizzas over to the police station mm-hmm. and be like, here, here's free pizzas, free pizzas, Slice sometimes twice seconds. a night. But then, you, then, but then you see stuff like in a baggie. They're like, oh, we made you brownies. We're like, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank that, you. That's yeah. going in the trash. But, that yeah. that's, that's for later. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's just say when they pulled us pizza drivers over for going a few miles over the speed limit, they'd just be like, slow it down. Get back out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Thanks just trying to pizza. get the pizza to the next person, yeah. sir. Thanks for the pizza. I always used to order yeah. pizza for firemen. Like, I'd go deliver it when they're on the long shifts and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, they all hate hey, hey, me. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate that. Very appreciative. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got like... Very, very nice kitchens in there. Yeah, most they of them cook in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do. And they yeah. get to drive what'd a you fire call that? truck in there. Yeah, they do. Derek, what'd you call that? What? What shopping? Shopping. <laughs> no. They went, they went grocery shopping. Yeah, that's it funny. <laughs> that just came from like a valley girl. He says it funny. Oh, yeah. I do have a valley, I do have a valley girl accent because I grew up in Bryant, Arkansas. Okay. That is like yeah. the valley. It is. And that I it cannot is. get rid of it. I have tried. I grew up in Cabot. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. 
Just, say, just because I said grocery store. Grocery. <laughs> have you spelled that word lately? How do you lately? spell that? Grocery. I don't know how to spell. So we know. I mean, <laughs> that's why you sell insurance. You talk on yeah. the phone. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to spell nothing. So we don't do everything for him. Yeah. yeah. And, then I, and then I have Elena proofread it. Does it sound good? <laughs> that's just that's just the copper in you. Yeah. yeah. We always yeah. had to have two or three different Aww. people to read it. <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm done. Will you look at this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So you were a Leo too? Hmm. You were a law enforcement officer too? No, he was a CEO. Oh, okay. Corrections officer. Yeah. Well, that's no. a hard job. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Not it the, was fun. Not the political part, but it was fun. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Say so three of us in here. Were you put brass on? That means you got form of that. naps all the time. <laughs> I don't know what that was like. I know you did. <laughs> You gotta stay there longer. Yeah, <laughs> I got out of that. I got out of that political. But I didn't nonsense. ask. Nonsense. I, I didn't ask for it. We'll just say that. So. My favorite spot was uh, Central Command with the cameras. I hated that. Oh, I loved it. It was dark midnight shift. I'm not good by myself. I tear tear things up. (laughs) He gets bored, starts taking things apart. We snuck a coffee pot in there so we'd have coffee. You start hearing the doors going, don't spill it on all the monitors. (laughs) You're just messing with them, unlocking it real quick and relocking it. (laughs) I see him coming up, shut the door. I was about to say we would do that to the hallways, like close the slider. Oh, now we know. Because we we would go to the jail and check one in and then like open the door already. (laughs) Open the door. They would push the button and go, identify. 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 It's officer so-and-so. Identify, please. I don't know you. Identify. (laughs) What's the password? Especially if it's one that like we never really liked. I know. Oh, no. all the time. Can you show all me your badge? That, that's fake. I've seen that at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your like, sergeant? What's your badge number? What's this? Like they open the they'd door. They get to the Sally Port door to open it and pull it, and you're like, oh, oh, oh you never real hit cop. the button. I'm so sorry. Good times. I love he, laughter. He's the one that does that. I didn't do that. Yeah, we, uh, I, yeah, I did that. You were never yeah. working in Central Command. No, he wasn't. <laughs> so, but when Sarge would be walking. You, they, yeah. don't let you, they, they let you do whatever you want. Sarge would be walking down the hallway, and you'd close the, the slider on him so he couldn't come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, the only time I was in there is I broke my foot one time, and they said, you can't be down in the pause. So. Yeah. I got bored. I started handcuffing myself to the. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh crap, my keys. Oh. <laughs> they do work. They do work. <laughs> Double uh, locks really work. <laughs> oh, no. We need so. someone to let us out of the back of a police car. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. sure how I got in here. Yeah, no. I can't say that's ever happened to me. No? I've never you've been never, in the back of a police car. You've never seen a cop car. accidentally lock themselves in the back of their mm. own car? No. <laughs> no. No. I didn't fit in the back one until they got Tahoe's. Got Tahoe's. <laughs> then in the fire service, I mean, by that point, you're sleeping in the middle of the night. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys always Well, you guys sleep. always sleep. Or what yeah, are you doing? Washing the truck. Washing the truck. Lifting weights. Yeah. Play Xbox. Xbox. Play, no, in well, their conference room. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are quotations. In their conference yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> these are quotations. The, so in Cabot at Central, my dad actually would not let them have Xbox. They had a pool table. And they had a TV that had like three channels, and that was it. Your dad sounds boring. Other than that, I mean, <laughs> other than that, like they had to be out 
you know, taking care of the station, the trucks. Doing stuff. I just don't know how many times you need to wash it in one day. (laughs) (laughs) So my my dad's rule, and and my dad's, I love my dad, but he's still like this. If the tires were dirty, the truck was dirty. Oh, no. And so, like, they'd clean this truck spotless, but forget to shine the tires. And he'd be like, dirty dude again. Uh, Daniel's son, wipe <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, and he wax even, on, like, wax on. when I got Abusive my first truck power. and I started cleaning it, and he'd look at my truck and go, "Dirty dude again." I'm like, "Dad." <laughs> so then, like I'm not in the firehouse. I'm going with a, a, a cat in a tree call. Like, like Dad, I'm going out to the deer woods. Of course, it's not you know. Dad, I'm gonna take the fire truck to the Walmart and grab yeah. me something. Oh Jeez, my leave me alone. goodness! But then, like for me, like it was the windows. If the windows were dirty. The truck was dirty. I don't like and dirty And so he'd, he'd show up to the house in his chief's car, and I'd look at him and go, car's dirty, clean it. Oh, my gosh. How funny. <laughs> mm. Dirty windows. Dirty me. windows. But that relationship is still. Oh, it's still. Cops and firefighters. Cops and firefighters still. I mean, but it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's a fun. Because it's just brotherhood. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a fun brotherhood. brotherhood because it's, a ban- we, it's a fun banter back and forth. Yeah, because once we're upset because you guys have a calendar, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh. What's that? <laughs> this podcast just went off the rails. <laughs> There's a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> we're moving into the after hour section for the members only. You might yeah. want to turn that off. <laughs> You have to what pay about Jesus? to hear everything that Jesus. happens <laughs> All we had was shop with a cop, okay? Shop with a cop. <laughs> Poor yeah. kids. You I know. We did that every year, though. You I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. yeah. I did that every year. I said, but it's fun. Like, we, you know, it's, it's camaraderie. And it is. It's a fun banter back and forth, yep. you know. You so. got to do it right because of all the heavy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many times, like growing up, my dad was fire chief in Cabot, so I don't know how many times growing up, you know, I'd be at the fire station five, six o'clock, and the guys are cooking like this huge meal, and I'm like, "Who are you cooking for?" And they're all oh, the cops on duty's coming to eat with us tonight. Oh. They, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like I mean, but then they'd get there and banter back and forth about how nice right. it is to not have to do anything, and then. <laughs> Rescue the, fire, the, the firefighters would be like, well, it must be nice just to get to go waste city gas money and, you know, whatever. And so. Yeah, she saw today how stuff. I uh, say hi to a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. That, I didn't realize he was a firefighter. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a captain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, nice. I see it all the time, so it's fine. Yep. <laughs> But he wears mm-hmm. captain hat and all that too. No, nah, but I didn't know he was a fireman. Yeah. So no. You know, so he did have the uniform, you know, the, the, the mustache, the mustache, yeah. Yeah. the handlebars. Yeah. What <laughs> 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 when you sit all day, you gotta. <laughs> Where's that verse about jealousy? <laughs> I I wasn't jealous. I just hit the I'm wrong box kidding. in the application. I'm kidding. <laughs> it said firefighter officer. I went officer. <laughs> Dang it! Made a mistake. Dang it! <laughs> I want my calendar. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I wanted to be December. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, all right, I think we're ready well, for that prayer. Thanks for coming. It is called spiritual debriefing. It is spiritual debriefing. We're going to debrief. That's how we so, debrief, though. That is. That is. It is a weird way we have to debrief, too, sometimes. Uh, it is. So. Yes. Thank you all for being spiritual men and godly men because the world needs more of that for mm. sure. So. Yeah. Thanks for doing that hard job. I don't take it lightly. No. Okay, I guess I'll speak to our Lord now. 
<clears throat> Father God, we just come before you humbled and grateful for this opportunity to speak out into the world and to hopefully bring you glory. Father, I thank you for these men and what they're doing here. I pray that you'll honor it and that you'll help it to grow. And I just pray that we can be unified in our faith, <clears throat> that we can be um, good servants and good stewards of all that you've given to us, that we can love those who um, are sometimes hard to love, but that you'll help us to just be a light and use us for your um, kingdom work and help us to remember who we are in you at all times and where our value comes from. And Lord, if there's anyone out there who doesn't know you but wants to know you more, will you just bring them here to our church at Hawassi First Baptist and help us to love on them and to show them who you are and to answer their questions. And um, I just pray that you will be glorified in our lives and that you'll help us do the work that you'll have us to do. I pray all these things in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast supported by First Baptist Church Hawassi. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes, as well as check out our past episodes. We'll be posting new podcasts every other Thursday. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, comments, or feedback on the podcast, please contact us through our social media or email us at dmeadows at fbchawassi.com. Thank you, and we hope God blesses your day. I think it's official.